Hey guys, welcome to WDWNT Nerd Alert. I am your host, Joe Hogarty, and joining me tonight is Jack McCarthy. Good evening, folks. And Fedra Ekris. Hello, everybody. And tonight we're going to do, we're actually going to do a main topic. We're going to do, what is the best trilogy in the MCU? And there's quite a few. And we'll, you know, we'll get into it. We're also going to, we might cover some news depending on time, but I figured we we'll always run out of time for the main topics. Let's do the main topic first. And if we get to the news, we get to the news. If we don't, we don't. Is there a lot of news this week? Uh, there's some minor stuff, you know, nothing major or anything. But uh, there's always a lot of news. Always a lot of news. in crisis. That seems like uh, the news story every week. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's not news. You know? But, okay, let's let's get into it. I guess, like, well, none of us have seen movies, right? Like, we're pretty clear on that this week. No, yeah. this, this week, we, I haven't seen anything. Yeah, I haven't. I still haven't seen Oppenheimer, which I'm meaning to see. I just uh, have to work myself into seeing it, you know? Well, I mean, I, I happen to want to see it, but it just Me didn't, too. It just didn't seem to happen this weekend. Um, too much running around. No, I hear it's really good. It's just I'm not crazy about the cast. Uh, like I, everybody like raves about Cillian Murphy, and I don't know. He looks weird, but I guess he's supposed to look that way for the role. So he probably fits. And I'm, well, I'm, he does have that like uptight scientist look to him yeah yeah i think he also like was very picky about the diet like he purposefully lost weight too yeah i i had heard that but i didn't know if, if it was true or not but he does look like almost gaunt yeah he does yeah mm -hmm. yeah um, i watched an interview of the other two actors and that's what they were saying I'm just, you know, it's so weird. I, I just can't stand Matt Damon anymore. I, my friend saw it, and he said he's barely in it. You know, he, he's not in it for a big chunk of it. But I just get tired of seeing him in movies, even, like, when he makes cameos. Um, and, again, I used to like him, but I guess he's just been in so many movies that, and he kind of doesn't have much range. It's like him and Affleck, they just burn their bridges with me. Um I love them in Goodwill Hunting. I thought that was a good, great movie, you know. And but enough, enough. I, I just wish the both of them would retire, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. I like Matt Damon. I like him better than Affleck, but uh, you know, I, I like seeing him pop up in different things. Well, it's just you know me. I'm just super nitpicky. All right, well, let's go. Let's go. Okay, okay. so. So we have a list of movies. So we have Iron Man was easy. Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. You had Captain America. You had First Avenger, The Winter Soldier, and Civil War. You had the Thor trilogy, which we'll just leave it at Thor, Dark World, and Ragnarok. We'll forget about Love and Thunder, which probably helps a little bit. Um, Guardians Volume 1, Volume 2, Volume 3. Yeah, Spider-Man: Homecoming, Far From Home, and No Way Home, and then I have the Avengers here, but I think it's not fair to really include them because they're a little too overpacked with 
too many good characters in the last movie. Well, Infinity War anyway, you know. So I'm just, I think we can all, you know, almost say that it's, it, they would probably win overall, you know, because, so we'll just leave them out. It, it's just, I think it's an unfair advantage that they have. Well, because I think you're right, because with the Avengers, everybody's favorites are in there. Yeah. But they are good movies. Even the even Ultron, I think, is a good movie. Um, but all right. Yeah. So Fedra, what did you think? What, what do you think? What's your? Do you have a favorite trilogy, or do you have a favorite movie in the trilogy? In the trilogies. Yeah, I'll I'll make it quick. So what I had to do, because it's been a while already, is rewatch some of the trailers. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, so what I, because I was thinking about it this morning as I was at the gym, too. And I narrowed it down to Iron Man and Captain America. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, again, it was just about looking at every film and, like, thinking, would I watch it again? What did I like about it? How did I feel? And I just went back to Captain America. I felt like when I watched each one, and that was like the first for me to get into the Marvel universe. Um, Each one was very exciting for me. I mean, just the introduction and seeing the origin story, then going into the second one and, you know, the introduction of Bucky and, and that whole situation. And then Civil War is is fantastic. So to me, those three were the best. I do love, you know, Iron Man. He's like a top second. But I feel like Iron 2 and Iron 3 just were kind of like, it got to the point where like, yeah, second one was cool. Three was like, <laughs> so it, it that's what was so difficult for me because both characters are awesome and I love the chemistry when they're both together. You know, I love that, that moment where, um, Iron Man's like, I just want to punch you in the face. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really, I love that, you know, because every once in a while, you know, you got that person and it's just like, I like that. I like, I like that authenticness there of Iron Man with Captain America. So that's, that's where I'm going to go. Where did you go? <laughs> Captain I mean, America. Okay, first because you were talking about Iron Man, you lost me for a second. I thought you said Captain America first, but I thought for a second <laughs> that she was like, "So I'm going to go with Iron Man." And I was like, "Wait a minute!" Did she, I thought you said Captain America. Maybe it was me. Maybe I missed that. Sorry about that. I, I we'll go through the movies too, but yeah, I want to hear what Jack has to say. Well. It's not too much of a surprise. Thor is one of my favorite characters. And the Thor trilogy had two things that were missing from a lot of other, uh, the other trilogies we talked about. And that's that in two of them, there were Matt Damon cameos, which were just fantastic. (laughs) Go on. Folks, he's gritting his teeth. (laughs) Oh no! But those were the the three and the four, so they're not in the ones. Well, I thought you were first talking about 
Oh, that's right. No, no, you know, you're right. You're right. That's three and four. But no, uh, seriously, I have to second Fedra's um, opinion as well. Um, I think story-wise and character development-wise, I think the Captain America trilogy has uh, a lot more than the other movies have in regards to story. Uh, you go back to like, okay, it's World War II, 1940s. It felt like a 1940s movie. You know, it was very kind of nostalgic if you watch those where, you know, you have obvious good guys, you have obvious bad guys. Um, if the Red Skull had a mustache, you know he would have been twirling it at one point. It was just a very true to the time period movie um then they jumped forward into winter soldier and they went with a totally different direction but it matured the character of captain america and the type of story he's in and then bringing in civil war you got to see this more mature Captain America. He still had that innate goodness to him um, that he's going to stick by his friend, whatever the cost. But, you know, you couldn't watch that and say, you know, Tony Stark kind of has a point. When they did Civil War in the comics, you know, you went for Captain America because he was Captain America. And Tony Stark was just a, just a jerk, you know? And so were the ones that went on his side that, you know, their friends and com compadres that they had fought these major battles with, they're just gonna send them into a prison in a negative zone. You know, there were so many moments that to make the story work, they had to basically do a character assassination on a lot of Marvel, heroes that you know you're, you're looking at them and you're like how how are they doing this how is reed richards willing to send ben Grimm into the negative zone because he doesn't sign a piece of paper you know and like i enjoyed it be that little tangent because ben Grimm says i've had enough i'm leaving and he goes to france so and then ben Grimm with the french superheroes which was very funny but getting back to the movies, Tony Stark was a lot more likable and relatable in the MCU Civil War than he was the comic books. And even though you're rooting for Cap because he's trying to save his best friend, you really do get a point where Tony Stark isn't 100% wrong. Uh, also, we got to see Baron Zemo come in, and I really liked the fact that they had him as like the grand manipulator behind the scenes, just a sneaky sort of guy, you know, who set these things in motion and then just step back and watch it all play out. Um, we also got to see the introduction of the Black Panther, and I think that chase scene where you know caps chasing bucky the panthers chasing cap i think that was just a great scene 
Yeah. Um, the Russos really introduced a lot. And they also introduced, you know, the fall of S.H.I.E.L.D. So you, you really got a pretty strong spy story out of it. And a lot happened with this movie that sort of farmed out the path of the MCU. So, like I said, uh, between Winter Soldier and Civil War, we, I think those movies shaped the MCU more than the Iron Man movies or the Thor movies. Uh, we won't talk about Guardians of the Galaxy because they're not really in the mix because they're kind of removed being out in space. Yeah. But I think the Captain America trilogy really shaped the MCU more than the other ones. So, uh, like I said, storytelling-wise, character development-wise, Emily Van Camp, I got to go with the Captain America. All right, so that's two for Captain America. Uh, so I'm going to go through a lot of these movies individually, so you guys can just pipe in. Don't let me, you know, monopolize the conversation. You know, give your thoughts and all that. Uh, this would have been a clear-cut winner for me, probably last week. <laughs> but I happened because I really like the first Guardians. I think that might be my favorite MCU movie, and I like the second one. And last night I watched Guardians Volume Three the IMAX version on Disney plus and well, it helps they, if you have like an IMAX in your living room. Yeah, no, but <laughs> no, what they do is they, all they basically do is they get rid of the black bars and, you know, it looks a little bigger and fills a screen, but uh, I mean, it looks nice and everything. There's some good parts in it, but I, I, I started to realize I didn't like where they ended up because they, they in the third one, yeah, I felt like they lost their edge. I it's kind of it reminded me of Rebels, like because I love the first two seasons of Rebels, but then once they actually teamed up with the the Rebellion or the uh, the Rebel Alliance, I, I didn't like them. I, I just like when they were on their ship doing things by themselves, uh, and it and it goes the same here. Now all of a sudden they're like goody two shoe guys like where they're taking care of the residents of nowhere and everybody's got a family everybody's happy there's law and order and justice and that big giant skull in space and i don't know it it, it just i i think that the characters change too much for me uh it's still a fun movie but i i it's not the ending that i wanted to see and when i say ending i mean you know, the third movie and as a whole, it focused too much on rocket and I, I like rocket, but again, he's good in small doses. I didn't think that he needed to be the focus of the movie. And I did like that beginning when we see, uh, uh, what's his name? Black. Uh, I was going to say black Adam, Adam Warlock. Um, that was pretty cool, but then they ruined him. <laughs> you know, it's, soon as like he ended up going back to his mother it, it's just it could have been a better movie it to me i mean and when i see a lot of people comment on that last movie when it came out they're like james gunn is a genius you know it's he's flawless he's uh got a hundred percent batting average 
No, I, I think a lot of people are drinking the James Gunn Kool Aid. Again, it's a decent movie, but I wouldn't say it holds up to the other two for me, anyway. It, you know, it's all subjective. So yeah, I'm a little disappointed because that's the one I was going to choose. All right, so let's go through some of these movies. All right, Iron Man. It, that was the one that started all. Robert Downey Jr. was perfectly cast as Tony Stark. Brilliant, great job. He's the best thing about all these movies. <laughs> Everything else around him causes problems. Uh, like the first movie is really good. I, I can't have too many negatives on that at all. The second one is not that great. And I think a lot of it has to do with, um, well, the story and also uh, what's uh, what's his name? The villain. Whiplash. Whiplash. Yeah, it just was a weird take on Whiplash. And once again, you gotta have a good villain. I don't yep. think I don't think he did it. He pulled it off. Yeah, Justin Hammer I thought was a better villain than him. Justin Hammer was fun. Uh, I I you know part of me would like to see him back in the third one. Um, and then the third one, he was barely in the suit. You know, he was just controlling them, like uh, one of those. Tesla's that like doesn't even have to be behind the wheel or doesn't have to drive. That kind of annoyed me, especially that one cool scene where he's rescuing all those people from the plane and they're all falling and it ends up not even being him. I hate when he does that. And he did that in the Spider-Man movie too. It's just such BS. I don't like that. I mean, maybe if you do it once, it's okay, but when you do it multiple times, it's a little too much. So yeah, that's so I got to take Iron Man out. Uh, Captain America. Uh, well, I would say the weak, yeah, the weakest one is the second one, maybe the third one. You're going to say something, Fedra? No, I'm just I'm surprised a little bit. You're surprised. You thought uh, Winter Soldier and Civil War were the weakest? Oh no, I didn't say that. No, I, I was talking about Iron Man still. Oh, oh no, I'm getting to Captain America. All oh, right, so Captain America got onto him. Okay. I think the weakest movie in, but I think they're all pretty good, but I think the weakest one is the first Avenger. And I mean, part of it, I liked his origin story. I thought it was great how puny Steve Rogers became bulky, hunky, you know, Steve Rogers. Um, but you know me, I'm a stickler for costumes and those costumes sucked in the, that movie and i also didn't buy the love story you know that it was like better than casablanca's love story no they i don't is, think anybody said that <laughs> well they make it like that he has to go back in time and we hear all about this crappy little dance that they never had they barely even talk to each other when you think about it when you watch that movie I mean, they might have, you might have seen them physically talk to each other for about 25 minutes. And that takes place in real time. You know, because most of the times he's over in Germany, she's not there, she's in the United States or wherever the hell she is, or she's in London. It's not like they were hooking up all the time. I don't, they kissed that one time as he was going after the Red Skull at the end. That's the love of a lifetime? Are you kidding me? I mean, no, it's not. 
Well, it was because he hadn't had anything before that. Well, whatever. It's just like, well, then maybe he was the wrong person to be Captain America. Well, you, he was written wrong anyway. I, I just thought it was soft. Uh, the Winter Soldier, I love that Winter Soldier costume. Uh, is it the shield costume? Is it, or do they call it one? Yeah, that's such a key. And, and yeah, see- same thing. I really like that. Just the silver and the blue. Yeah. But, you know, you got to have the red on there too, eventually. Well, they did. Well, and that's what's funny is because I think it was an Ultron. They basically they took that costume and they spray painted red on it, you know, and white um, because it's exactly the same costume, except mm-hmm. it's different colors. Um, but it just was too much like a, uh, like a spy movie for me. And uh, that's what I loved about it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, you know, people could appreciate it because it's different. You know, it's something you didn't expect from a superhero movie or a Captain America movie. And I guess with the Winter Soldier, you should expect that, that it's, there is going to be some espionage involved in it. But, uh, yeah, it was just a couple of missteps. Like, I thought Black Widow was annoying throughout the whole movie. Yeah, but you see, the one thing that I liked about it, and it's kind of maybe what the MCU has gotten away from, uh, which is what made phase, you know, the first couple of phases so good. They weren't superhero movies. They were movies with superheroes. Like you just said, Captain America was a spy espionage. uh, I'm sorry. Winter Soldier was a spy espionage movie with superheroes in it. Ant-Man was a heist movie with superheroes in it. When they stuck with that theme first and fit the characters into it, I think that's when they had their strongest films because they had the story archetype set and then they built starting from story of how we, how can we make a spy movie and fit Captain America into it rather than let's make a Captain America movie and let's throw in a spy aspect to it. Great point, Jack. I, yeah, I think their strongest films, story-wise, came when they started that way in the earlier phases. Um, where, like I said, I think the first Ant-Man was much better than Quantumania. And, but the first two Ant-Man movies were heist movies with superheroes in it. Our first Ant-Man was a trilogy. I didn't even include that. Well, there you go. You know... It was a heist movie with superheroes and science fiction worked into it. In the third one, they made an Ant-Man movie, all sci-fi, but you didn't have that core theme to drive the story forward. And you got a weaker film. You know, plus... Okay, it's an Ant-Man movie. We have to fit Kang in here. How are we going to fit Kang in here? Once again, you're starting with the characters, not the type of story you want to tell. And I think that's where Marvel may be off course. I think they might need to get back to that. Yeah. 
I mean, we won't get into. I, I won't. I won't get into what Marvel needs to do. But yeah, it's like I, like when you talked about the Ant Man trilogy. Uh, well, again, I wasn't a huge fan of Ant Man, but I did enjoy the first one, and and the second one was okay. You know, I mean, they were all okay, but it's like I just feel like if each of these movies cost two hundred million dollars, that six hundred million dollars that they spent, that they could have spent that somewhere else. But when you see that they're spending all like say two hundred million dollars on most of their movies, and we're getting crap after crap after crap. I mean, not only with Marvel, but also Star Wars, the T- Disney Plus shows, and all that stuff. Uh, I'm not too upset about Ant Man being a trilogy, because um, again, they they are just making stupid damn decisions, and we'll we'll discuss that another time. But here's here's the thing, though, with that approach, though, you have to know when you call when to call today. And everything, they all want the trilogies. But you know what? A third heist movie with Ant-Man, probably people would be like, okay, you know what? We've seen this before. So I get why they wanted to go in a new direction. But um, like I said, they were so concerned about building up Kang. I think Ant-Man got lost in his own movie. You know, and the same thing. Um, the Guardians, Guardians 3, I think was, I think that was just a wrap-up storylines. I, I, I think that was the theme, like, let's give everybody a storyline where the first one was the Dirty Dozen. Let's get these misfits and stick them together. The second one was about family and what it means to be part of a family. Uh, I think the third one was kind of just let's wrap up and give everybody a happy ending. And um, I like I like the third one, but I think they could have cut out about half an hour of it. Yeah, and been just as good. You know, and the theaters might have gotten an extra showing each day, which it still did pretty good. I, I was looking at the box office receipts for that, and it made almost eight hundred million. Yeah, no, I mean it did it did well, but you know the theaters would always love to have that that extra showing in a day. Yeah, true. And a, and a half hour out, like the part with the uh, organic goo hospital. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I I thought that could have been cut out. That that I've watched it, and I, honestly, that's the part I fast forward over. Like he's really James Gunn is really good friends with Nathan Fillion. And he's always got to include him in his movies somehow. I don't have a problem, but they could have used Nathan Pillen anywhere. He would have been great. I know, but I think that they tried. He tried to give him a much bigger role, and he did the same crap with Sean Gunn. Because I was, I was watching that last night. It was annoying me seeing his face because it's like you're there because your brother cast you, and he's giving you extra screen time. You're no, you know, Zandu. Did I get his name right, Jack? Yandu. Yandu. <laughs> He's been dead for so long, I can't remember his name. But at least I corrected myself. Uh, getting back to Captain America. So, um, and, you know, Nick Fury should have died in that one. Instead, you know, he probably, they probably, he probably was meant to die. And Samuel Jackson just bullied himself and said, Hell no, I ain't dying. Except Hell no, I'm You know, and, um, but he should have died. 
And instead, he went on to make millions and millions and millions of dollars, uh, you know, appearing as Nick Fury in every damn stupid movie he was in. Um, Civil War, I hated the beginning of Civil War. I And I loved... Um, Falcon in the in the first in in the Winter Soldier. I thought he really did a what was his name? Um, Anthony Mackie. You know he did a really good job portraying the Falcon. You know, and he he seemed very humble. He was a war veteran. He was helping other war veterans. Uh, you know, I really liked his character, and it was nice to see him. You know, be able to use those wings and become the Falcon. It was a nice little story. I liked it. But then Civil War, he was so annoying. Like during that first little, I guess, uh, thing that they had trying to stop. Uh, what's Cross his bones. name? Crossbones. Yeah. Yeah, but you see, you, now I, the beginning of it didn't face me at all because you knew Crossbones. He was a bad, bad dude anyway. And it's like, what's he going to do when you know he's got to finance himself and. You know, he's just trouble. And while the little arm, you know, boxing gloves, I thought that was kind of hokey. Uh, I like the character, and I could see him completely doing something like that. I, I liked, I liked. He just talked too much. So, yeah, you because know, everybody else was trying to be serious during this thing, and he was clowning around and it just felt out of place and that's again one of the problems with marvel is that you know i'm sure kevin feige heard people say oh thing i can't stand about dc is they're always so serious and dark at least marvel has some comedy in it and then they just like oh they want more comedy put that in the shake you know and anytime the movies would probably you know not do good in in phase four they're like put some more comedy in there that'll help things and, and made things worse. Um, but I still, I do like civil war. I love that battle at the end. And I, especially the one between cap iron man and, and uh, Bucky. Um, but yeah, the airport battle is whew, pretty nice, except <laughs> war machine should have died too. There's no way in hell he would have survived that one. Other than the fact that he probably said, he probably got Samuel Jackson to come on the set. He ain't dying. You know, it's like uh, <laughs> he needs to be in every single movie and he needs to get his own TV show. He needs to be nominated for an Emmy. Um, you know, and well, he's know, not getting it out of Secret Invasion, so it didn't work too well. Oh, yeah. Well, you wait till the Emmy nominations come out. You want to make a bet? You want to make a bet that I Samuel will bet that secret invasion does not get emmy nominated i i will say samuel jackson all right can we do this samuel jackson or don Cheadle get nominated i think both of them will be nominated but nope um i think one of them will be nominated i do not believe so i'll be really surprised if that happens there is there is so much better quality shows with an African-American cast that neither of those guys are getting it for Secret Invasion. No, we'll see. All right. Uh, let's see here. So Thor. Thor, the first Thor was great. 
you know, it, it really was a nice surprise. Chris Hemsworth was excellently cast as Thor. And so was um, Hiddleston as, as Loki. He was very good. And uh, <laughs> Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins is Odin. Yeah, I'm I'm my I'm old. You're off tonight, dude. I'm pretty on, but it's like it's hard to remember all these names. Um yeah, it, it was good. They they got Asgard very very well done. I, I just I enjoyed the movie, period. Dark World. It, it's funny, I know I revisited that like a couple of years ago because everyone says, Oh, that one really sucks. And I did the same thing with Iron Man too. It's tough because they both suck. They they both do really suck, and and there comes a point where it's like, all right, that's where it is, you know. And I, I think it's when they were on the the campus, um, and what's the else name? Mikolov or whatever. Malekith. Malekith. <laughs> uh, whatever he comes and shows up, but that whole battle scene, I think it just went a little off the rails. Uh, so that movie sucks. That's considered one of the worst movies in the MCU. And then Ragnarok was a nice little change. You know, you got to see the Hulk uh, battle Thor, which was a cool battle. Um, it, it just, it was a fun movie. And you had a great villain again. Once yeah, again. Excellent villain. Excellent villain. You, you had... The hero can only be as good as the villain, and Kate Blanchett was a blast. Yes, Hella. Yeah, she was very delightful. But like, unfortunately, I love that scene where you know she shows up in Asgard, and you know she's like, "I am Death. I am the firstborn of Odin. You are all my slaves." And they're like, "Who are you?" And she's like, "Didn't you hear a word I just said?" <laughs> Like she just she just pulled it off. She was great. No, she was. She was really, really good. Uh, but I was gonna say, unfortunately, Dark World eliminates Thor, the Thor trilogy in this category, because it's so bad that I couldn't give it to Thor. Uh, and like I said, Guardians, uh, it's just the third movie just didn't feel like the first two. And I just felt that they were a little too soft in this movie. Um, I think if, like you said, if, if a little more time was was taken out of it, and maybe a little more time was given to it to kind of work out the story a little bit, uh, it would have been fun. And and you know, and I like the Christmas special, but it, it did show it was kind of like a like a preface showing that yeah, the Guardians are now babysitters for the people of nowhere, and I don't like that. <laughs> like I said. Uh, but it's still up there. So it's still, it's between guardians and captain America for me right now. Then there's Spider-Man, uh, homecoming, homecoming was very good. My only complaint and it's a minor one was, uh, Zendaya, you know, I mean, look, she was good as the character that she played in this movie. She was like, what would you call her? Uh, anti-establishment kind of like yeah well they went a different direction i mean mary jane in the comics especially in the beginning was strictly your party girl you know you had gwen stacy who was the nice girl next door and then you just had mary jane that was this hot party girl 
And um, that's not what we got from. Well, she's not Mary Jane. You know, she's Michelle. I forget what's, but it's not Mary Jane. Yeah, Michelle or MJ. Uh, She's still MJ, though. Yeah, she's still MJ. It's fine. But, um, but, you know, you know, Michael Keaton nailed it as the vulture. He was a better vulture than the comic book vulture. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, really, I mean, the vulture... In the comics, he's he's not a strong, you know, he's a fan favorite because he's been around so long and the cool costume. But as far as a, a character, I think Michael Keaton's had a much stronger motivation than Adrian Toomes in the comics. Oh, yeah. And, you know, when you think about it, too, like in the comics, you always had something like where the, the Green Goblin would like kind of have like a story arc for several issues and then you had venom doc ock you never really had that with the vulture you know yeah, vulture was always he was he was just a step up from a street thug he was always trying to make the score steal a diamond steal money rob a bank you know he he never had that big plan you'd see from like a doctor octopus or Norman Osborn was just a nut with a personal vendetta, but yeah, he wasn't a, a grand scheme thinker. No, it, like make make a make a grab and run. Same same with Electro, but you know, yeah, they, like they made uh, you know Michael Keaton or his character uh, more complex in it because like yeah. you did have sympathy for the guy, and but you also were afraid of him too, you know. Uh, he he really scares the crap out of Peter in that that car, and he's just he's a really really good villain. And it's yeah, surprising, it you know, coming, you know, used to him being Batman, and all of a sudden, he's a borderline psycho that probably would have killed Peter if he had to. Um, but you know, and also Ned, Ned and Peter were great. It was a great combination. I. I I really enjoyed that movie. I thought it was very well done. Far from home, I hate it. It's it still ranks as my least favorite Marvel movie, even after all the crap that we saw in Phase Four. Um, but you know, the villain was good. You know, Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal was was very good as, and again, he was another one because I'm more used to Mysterio. In the Ralph Baskey animated series, the '67 uh, one, like he, he was in a couple episodes of that, you know. And I remember in the comics, but I have more memories of him, I guess, seeing it in animation. Um, I, I think that he he did a different take on Mysterio, Jake Gyllenhaal, and uh, I liked it. You know, it it, it was it's hard to. It's hard to take Mysterio from the comics, put him on the screen, and also make him look like his comic book counterpart. And without yeah, they, did a, they did a good job with him, they really did. Yeah, without making him look goofy, you know, <clears throat> did a really good job. Uh, I just didn't like it overall. Um, I, I was at that point, I was starting to see the the uh, the formation of the wokeness movement in the MCU. Uh, just got a little too much, and it just made me 
it, it, there's just a lot of things. I just don't ever want to watch it again. I just didn't like it. Uh, no Way Home, I think, is so overrated. I, I don't understand how that movie made it. Well, I do understand how it made that much money. It's because you had the three Spider-Mans on the, on the screen, and you had all those villains. But I think that movie is almost um, as bad as... I enjoyed it, but... <laughs> I watched it several... You know, it's, it's, it's my Phantom Menace. I watched it so many times, hoping that I... You know, each time it's going to be a little different for me. And nope, it's like, I just don't get it. I don't. It, well, part of the thing is I don't like that they had to give MJ and Ned such a, like a big role. They didn't have to be in this. They could have. I like the part at the end, you know, where, where he changed. Not that he changed time, but he changed it where they don't remember him. I thought that was a really cool scene. But it's just that they were helping him and they were mouthing off to Doctor Strange and Doc Ock. And, you know, it's like these are a bunch of teenage kids. I can't. I, I, and plus, they're not, they, I, I'm getting upset. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's Zendaya. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so, yeah, Spider Man's out for me. All right. So, what is it for me? So, Guardians or Captain America? I'm going to have to go with you guys and make it a clean sweep, Captain America. Wow. Okay. Yeah. he is, And plus, Chris Evans is such a good Steve Rogers, Captain he America. He was. He really was. He, he grew in every single performance that he was in. You know? I agree. They never made a mockery of him like they did with Thor. Um, and I'm, I'm glad about that. Even like in Endgame, I didn't like his ending, but he still was, he was Cap throughout most of that movie. And it's sad. <laughs> well, now, you know, I mean, I, I, th I think Love and Thunder just got too silly too goofy and i think if they own that back a bit it probably would have been a better movie and we would think more kindly of it but well, even in game they, they made for you know fat dad body yeah that too i think at the end they should have had him come back in like all his yeah thornness well i'm glad that in the beginning of love and thunder that he got in shape pretty quick <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that, that went pretty quick. So we can do some news. Okay. All right. So the big news, unfortunately, top story, uh, Paul Rubens passed away. Uh, Paul Rubens played Pee Wee Herman. He played the uh, father of Oswald Cobblepot in Batman Returns. Um, but we all know him as Pee Wee. And he passed away at 70. I think he, he had cancer. He was struggling that, with that. Yeah, part. and he kept it quiet. Yeah. Kept it personal. Yeah, very, very sad to, to see him go. I was a big fan of, of Pee Wee. Probably you were uh, probably more um, affiliated with Pee Wee than, than us because we're a little older than you. Mm -hmm. um, I, was, I watched it out of curiosity. Um, and I watched Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I thought that was really good. I mean, I don't remember, but my mom said I loved it. 
he was well, a big I mean, deal. It, it, it was it was funny, but as Joe said, we were already past its target audience. But Pee Wee's Big Adventure that was that was great. Yeah, that was really good. That and that led to so much too because that was uh, Tim Burton. Really, I don't know if that was his. That maybe not his first movie. Maybe it was. I don't know. Um, and also Danny Elfman um, collaborating with with the Tim Burton. Um, and it was just a fun movie. It's like it's a stupid movie. <laughs> you know, it's all about a boy <laughs> looking for his bicycle. <laughs> Uh, but who cares? You know, but, but there so was fun. there were just so many quick throwaway jokes. You know, like beaching Mister Herman, Mister <laughs> Herman, or you know, uh, brushing your brushing your teeth and going, "Er, mad dog." <laughs> like little stupid moments like that that still stick in your head and come out at different times. I liked Large Marge <laughs> or Tequila. I mean. Do you ever hear that music and not think of Pee Wee Herman um, dancing on the bar? Well, you know, when I was watching Happy Days, <laughs> that was before Pee Wee Herman. That was before Pee Wee Herman. But no, I mean, like I said, I hear that music and I just picture him on the bar dancing in front of the bikers. <laughs> he was one of the first actors to get canceled. Uh, yeah, he was, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. And he, I think he, did you know Frederick? I think he did it around in your area. He was in a movie theater around uh, your neck of the woods. Really? Sarasota. What did, he, what did he get canceled for? Uh, I think he was a, it was an X-rated movie, and he was uh, enjoying it, enjoying himself. Ah. Uh. Uh, which is sad when you think about it. When you think that this guy must have so much money. And wait till you get home, maybe, you know, because he wouldn't have got arrested if he was just watching it, but that he had to make he a public help scene. himself. Yeah. But then I found out later, and I really didn't know this. I guess I didn't follow it, but I think that they found he, he had a collection of child porn too. And then that was it. Um, but he did, he made a sequel to, uh, well, I know he, he did. Big Top Pee Wee, and I think he did Pee Wee's Holiday, which was a few years ago, and I saw that, and that was okay, but you could tell he was very old at that point, and they, he dyed his hair black, tried to look the same as he did, um, but he still, he made a lot of people laugh. Uh, yeah, he did. And I still enjoy watching some of his stuff. I should watch Pee Wee's Playhouse. You know what, but I have to say, though, it kind of gets me because I have watched a lot of episodes of Pee Wee's Playhouse. So many critics and uh, even now they say that Pee Wee's Playhouse changed television, you know, and that how it taught children um, where other shows were not teaching children. What did they teach the kids? <laughs> I don't get it because it's just basically all he did was do goofy stuff and scream. I must be missing something. Yeah, I don't remember it being very educational. Yeah, I would say Mr. Rogers was more educational. I would say Fat Albert was more educational. I don't know. I, anyway, I love Beekman's world. Beekman's world. 
I'm trying to think. Explain. You know, he was, uh, he did all sorts of crazy science things. Oh, okay. And, uh, yeah. You know, right. he had Lester, the ma the man in a rat suit with him. And mm, okay. I remember. I used, I used to, I used to love Beekman. That was, I thought that was a good show. Uh, so there's a rumor that Sue Storm will lead, will be the lead of the Fantastic Four and that the movie will focus around her. Mm. Well, eh? I, I, I think she is the heart and soul of the team, but uh, the Fantastic Four should center around Reed Richards more than anybody else because he's, he's the guy who always comes up with the crazy experiments or... Like, hey, let's go explore this new dimension I found. You know, he's the guy that drives things forward. Um, and, you know, he brings his friends along and they're like, sure, let's go on an adventure. But I, I don't see how they focus it too much on her. But they could go the course like in the different movies that they've been making her a scientist as well. You know, so maybe that's the angle they're going to take with it. Treasure. I mean, I could see that putting her as the scientist. I just, again, you know, maybe you have the same concern, Joe, is like, I don't want her then to overtake the team, making her the smartest, making her the strongest, making her the most strategic, and then she's now leading the whole team. That wouldn't really be toward the writing, am I right? Right. Yeah. Because I think in the original comics, she wasn't really a scientist. Was she? No, she was just his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. But I think in the movie, uh, you know, with Jessica Alba, they kind of made her as like she was working for Victor Von Doom and uh, she was a scientist. And then they hired Reed and his cronies. <laughs> well, Ben and then Johnny came on board. But she was a scientist, basically. And uh you know, the Fantastic Four movie. But I will say the one thing that the Fantastic Four movie did well is that there was no never a star of the Fantastic Four. It was, you saw the four of them as a whole, you know? And I think that's the problem that they could make is if they're going to focus completely on Sue, Sue Storm um, and she's going to be integral to the movie, I think that's a mistake because... Uh, I, they handled it well, where it's like Jessica Alba didn't get more screen time than uh, than was it Michael Chiklis and uh, Chris right. Evans. You no, know they, they balanced that movie well. You're you're right in that. And they can still do that with this one. And I think that again, since they're considered the first family of Marvel, don't have them fight for power. <laughs> you know, it's just let them be four people like the. Like the Beatles, you know, just make them be the Beatles Fantastic Four, you know. Um, Woke Idiots, <laughs> I had said this to you guys. Woke Idiots are pushing for Miles Morales to be able to use the N-word in the comics, in video games, and in the movies because they feel that uh, it's his right and that's what normal or the average black youth uses that term and for him not to use it it seems odd to some of them 
I think you used the right term. Idiots. Yeah. I mean, let's face it. That word has such a strong connotation and feelings behind it um, all over the place that it should not be encouraged or normalized. It should be frowned upon in all situations. I could see why they would want it because, you know, he's in Brooklyn, he's from the city. So maybe that is part of the character. But then I also think that that's a stereotype. Then you're really putting that all city folks talk that way. And that's not true either. And so, Miles is supposed to be a good kid. He's not a punk. Right. Yeah, I, that's what I was going to say, is that he's a hero. He should be discouraging kids from using that term. You know, he shouldn't be encouraging them to use that term. Right. That it's, you know, ooh, if Miles uses it, then I could use it, you know. Um, I don't think anyone should really use that term. If, I mean, it is, it's kind of like, you know, I don't want to say these words, but like, uh, like, like the C word, you know, like it's, no one should say it, but it's, it's worse when a male says it, you know? Um, and again, people should just not say that word. I, I think it's wrong for where, you know, someone can get fired for saying that word. Yeah. It depends on which That's race you point. are. You know, if, if someone wants to say, you know, well, how bad is that word to use? You know, well, hey, if you use it in a workplace, you'd be fired outright. Yeah, you know? so they should just push to kind of stop using that word. Uh, I know it's not easy, but it's, you know, it's kind of like a a showing of male attitude, I guess. Um, but just let it go. It's just not helping anybody. Yeah. Uh, uh, the Marvels will get zero IMAX screens because they're all going to Dune. Yes. Which this time I have to make the effort to see it in IMAX because I missed it the first time. So hopefully at least with Dune 2, I could see it in IMAX. Is there an IMAX by you? I have no idea. There might be. I think that there probably is one in like Sarasota or in like the Fort, uh, Fort Myers or Naples area. Um, I think the nearest real IMAX here is, is in Orlando, you know, but it's probably, lo probably looks pretty damn cool. I think it would look phenomenal in IMAX. I don't have one nearby, but I mean, uh, I'd have to go into the city to see it, but, um, just on a nice big screen, the first one looked terrific. Yeah. And like they have these, BS phony IMAX light scre uh, screens that a lot of places have where it's not a real IMAX. Real IMAXs are in science centers and they're like eight stories tall and they're more tall than they are wide. They're amazing. If you could see it there, see it. Cause I would love to see what those, those giant sandworms are like, you know, well, the IMAX. In, in, as you say, the, the IMAX light, it's still bigger than a regular movie screen and yeah, those things still look, they still look good, but I mean, they don't have the full IMAX effect, 
but it still looks pretty darn good compared to a regular movie screen. I wouldn't brag about seeing it in an IMAX if it wasn't a real IMAX, and because just it's nice, but it's not a, a real IMAX. But no, the point is, <laughs> I just saw a movie IMAX. Who wants to touch me? <laughs> yeah, that's that what that you do, Joe. Yeah, I would. Uh, <laughs> I know Char Charlie sometimes sees movies over in England that I wish I could see. What did he see recently? And uh, oh, he's, I think he saw Mission Impossible in 4DX, which is like where they're blowing air in your face, your seats are moving. That's pretty damn cool. <laughs> I would like to see something like that. Um, but yeah, you know, if somebody saw. IMAX and a real IMAX and I and I happened to run into them. I'd ask if I can touch them You're a strange little man, maybe I am and that's okay with me But getting back to I think that the IMAX Corporation realizes the Marvels Just ain't gonna work in IMAX. It's I don't think it's gonna work as a movie and um but it's also it's a case of the Marvels has been delayed so many times and Dune has been locked in the place. I guess maybe they were delayed once, but they kind of have the screens and and I think that IMAX realizes that even if we let uh, you know the Marvels have the screens in the last couple of weeks, we're still not going to make as much money as you know showing that instead of dune we'll make more money showing dune probably than seeing the marvels because the marvels just looks like another bomb uh, agree um i mentioned this to you guys today tony stark's changing his name to tony frost's when he marries emma frost i just don't get it this is so stupid it doesn't even make sense. It's ridiculous. The whole thing. Yeah, it's just like why? <laughs> you know, I, like, I, don't, I don't even get how the two of them got are getting together. I I just don't get it. Why I don't would, know what's the point either. Like, big deal. Like, but I don't really believe it. Like, I'm still going based on the character, which it's like, if Tony Stark is coming from this massive legacy of wealth, it would be the Stark. Like, you know, excuse me, Spark family, you know, not Frost. Well, plus it, that name is pretty damn famous, you know, uh, throughout Comicton. I, I think, why are they trying to get rid of it? It just makes no sense. I mean, yeah, people know who Emma Frost it is, but people outside of comics know who Tony Stark is. They don't know who Emma Frost is. It's just really dumb. And again, it's just shows that they have really horrible writers that they want to do character assassination. They're basically, they're like, well, you know, we want her to be in charge because it's, because I think the wedding invitation says we invite you to the wedding of, of Miss, is it Mrs. Mrs. Emma, Mr. Well, Mrs. Emma Frost and Mr. Emma Frost. I yeah. don't know. Mrs. Oh, and no. Mr. Emma Frost. Yeah. Yeah, it's ridiculous. No, <laughs> the thing is, if he was going to marry another superhero, you'd have to see him go with Janet Van Dyne. Really? 
Yeah, because, you know, they're both, like, from that, like, 1%. You know, they're both rich. They've known each other for a long time and have, you know, fought from one side of the galaxy to the other, you know, together. You know, they're teammates. They're friends for so long. You could see that blossoming into something. But, uh not not emma frost i mean you know? yeah have they had a romance tony no, i don't think i don't think they've ever gone out i mean what happened to pepper she dead what you want more uh Gwyneth paltrow no pepper in the comics i've i i thought she got together with happy in the comics i didn't think she uh ended up with tony stark oh yeah, yeah that's not i see i always get happy mixed up with uh, foggy <laughs> do you mean foggy and karen did they get together no they didn't okay but no i thought i thought happy and pepper got together so um uh, again pepper in the comics was i like pepper in the comics gwyneth paltrow just ruined pepper it's, it's just so arrogant she's just gwyneth paltrow in the movies you know, she wasn't bad in the first movie, but every other movie that she was in. Yeah, but in the second and the third one, yeah, it was too much. It was too snobby. She was in the Spider-Man movies. She was in the uh, Avengers movies, all these other movies. And it's like every time she would promote it, it's like, all right, I guess I'll do it. Give give me my $5 million and, you know, whatever. It's like, she didn't even remember, like... Uh, I, she didn't remember that she was in the Spider-Man movie. It was it Spider-Man uh, Homecoming? Um, you know, because like an interview asked uh, asked her, what, "What did you like? Did you like w working in a Spider-Man movie?" She goes, "I was never in a Spider-Man movie." And I I can't stand her. I don't even want to talk about her. That's uh, are you going to get upset I, again? I am. It's I think he's getting upset again. Yeah. Yeah, Burns and dies. Change the subject. <laughs> Isn't she she making candles of her farts? I mean, I'm serious. I think she is. And and the other area, you know, she's actually making candles of of both of those that they they smell like her. You know what's? Um, I'm not kidding. Uh, that just sounds like one of those crazy rumors that the Gwyneth Paltrow. No, I'll find it. Up. I will send it to you. I, I think she might even be making perfume. I think she already has candles, but she's no. Branching. I could see her having a candle. I could see her having perfume, but not of that scent. I swear to God. Yeah. I will send you, and you will see. And I, I was going to send it to you, and I was, you know, months ago, and I was like, I just don't have the strength to push send. Like I, <laughs> I usually send you ten each day. <laughs> Uh, anyway, oh, what did you guys think of the Loki season two trailer? It was very cinematic, but it was it was like again, it was like meh, like how how I'm not like invested. Like it looked cinematically nice. It looked like it's again a cool sci-fi detective thing, but I just don't think this was right to have Loki. I don't know who you would have this in, but it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, why is Loki doing this? Like, it should have been more of a, a Loki series of him being mischief throughout timelines. But 
He's more like just uncovering something. It's just not him. And Loki's not good as a good guy. He needs to be a bad guy. Yeah. He is a bad he is a bad guy. That's oh, he's a are you serious in this series? He's a good guy. Oh no, I mean I mean that's that's the direction because it's all fan service. You know, that you know, at the end of Thor, people are like, oh, Loki's misunderstood. Like no, you know, okay, other people deal with traumas, but they don't try to wipe out an entire yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, like Plus, he's like manipulative to everybody. Like right. nobody, nobody could trust him. Not even his own brother. That should tell you something. Like right. really, he's a villain. Don't turn him into a hero. Looks like they're ripping off Spider Verse a little bit because he's shifting in and out of different mm -hmm. multiverses yeah and like there's there's not a solution for it so they're now going to try and find a solution like what are they going to find dr strange or, or somebody else to like help make it stop you know well my worry is we're gonna that the show is going to be based too much to like rather than focus on loki let's make this show focus on kang and we've already had a movie do it. We don't need to watch a, a TV series on it. I just think it's going to be worse than the first season because that's the way most of the Disney Plus series have been going. You know, like they've just been going downhill. And I think it's going to be like Secret Invasion, like where we'll watch it and then we'll, <laughs> we'll regret. I didn't watch Secret Invasion, but I know a lot of people watched it and regretted it. And I did. Episode gets worse and worse i think that's what we're going to see with loki season two i just got no confidence in marvel right now hey you see that's the problem and it's sad because you want these things to be good you really do and you're just disappointed each time it's uh, you get tired of that i guess we should speak about this because she was in the uh season uh, season three of the mandalorian uh, Lizzo, <laughs> do you think there's going to be a warning on that episode of The Mandalorian that she's in? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think there's. No, I'm being sarcastic. But I think that I think that's the first and last time we're going to see her in cinema. Yeah, yeah, it seems like she's really just shot herself in the foot with this thing, and uh, no, it's too bad. I like some of her songs, but. She does have that sort of, you know, empowerment theme to her, and she just seems like just not a nice person anymore. Yeah, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think that's a case of that, where once she got a taste of what it was like to be rich and powerful, she abused it. Yeah, and and, and like we like I said on the chat, the chat that we have. She hasn't been long enough to hit that diva status. I agree. Yeah. You know, she's still new on the scene and you can't be behaving like that. I mean, even if she settles at a court, because there's like three dancers that are suing her, it's too late now. And it's only been a couple of days because other people have come forward. I mean, like directors that have worked with her and said that they walked off of doing a documentary because she was such a horrible person you know the damage is done because 
people are going to say, well, yeah, she gave them each a million dollars just to shut them up. And so it didn't go to trial, but everyone's going to know that that doesn't make it okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's going to know like, okay, you bought their silence. Congratulations. Um, but it's, it's kind of what I don't like about her is that, you know, she's, she tried to make herself look like she was all about body positivity and then she's got a problem with someone else's body that they're too heavy and wants them to lose weight. You know, oh, it's yeah. like, I mean, what's wrong with you? It's like you hide because they're all, I, I don't know too much about Lizzo, but I saw her dancers and they all look like they're a bunch of heavy set dancers. There might be some, you know, that aren't, but I would say the majority of them are. So, <laughs> I mean, I, isn't that what you hire? <laughs> you know, um, right. I mean, maybe someone could put on a little too much weight, but you shouldn't. If you're all about, if your image is all about body positivity, and you go around telling people that I am beautiful, you know, just the way I am, you can't go tell other people's that they're only because they're they're doing the same thing you are. Yeah. That well, only looks good on me. You know? When I when I had said in the text that, you know, I want to look into the lawsuit and look at like what's actually like proof is because one thing that I'm sure you guys know is that, yeah, number one, Lizzo is totally capable of being hypocritical, uh, but also people in the industry are highly insecure. And because of that insecurity, they fall to alcohol, drugs, and bad behavior. And that's across the board. So I don't know these dancers' behaviors, but if she, if Lizzo is responsible or if her crew is responsible with managing the dancers, that could be something I could totally see. You know, somebody showing up for practice late constantly, somebody showing up to practice and they're, you know, they're not all there. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, one thing I thought was like, maybe they came in and they're just sitting on their butt and just eating snacks and like not even participating in the, like their actual job, but they're like, yeah, I'm here. Like really, there's a lot of like egos and, you know, having that dynamic of control here that I'm not, so sure like i hope that we are getting the full story but there's always two sides to every story so no, it's not true. that i'm siding with lizzo because i think she's very unhealthy i don't think that she is a good example for women when it comes to like physical health i think as a singer and as a performer kudos to her like she she worked for it she earned that i think she has a lovely spirit if that's what she really you know wants to convey but i don't think setting the example that being literally categorized as obese is healthy for everyone now if if women and men you know, are on, let's say, the chubbier side, which we all get to at some yeah, point. Yeah. yeah, we shouldn't hate ourselves. I, I completely agree with that. You shouldn't go. It's funny because I was literally talking about this yesterday where 
uh, a person I just met was talking about how, I don't know what it is, but anywhere I go, people just tell me their life story. So let me just do the disclaimer there because I wasn't ready for it. But she was just open to say that she had an eating disorder. And I said, yeah, you know, in today's life with social media, artists, celebrities, you can go either way. You can go far right and literally become a stick and be bulimic and anorexic. Or you could go to the far left and become Jabba the Hutt. It's like you got to like find this like medium of what is healthy for you. And that's really doing the work. And, you know, I don't know Lizzo's health background. I don't know, you know, how she, you know, does everything that she does. And does she, you know, see like a dietitian or a personal trainer or a doctor? I don't know if she does any of that. Or is she just like dismissive and just like, oh, I'm just fine the way I am. Like nobody can say that. Even somebody that's quote unquote physically fit cannot do that. Like you got to go to the doctor every once in a while and check your blood and stuff, you know? So I'm sorry I'm ranting, but I just want to explain that that's what's hard about this situation because yeah you're you're judged by people if you make an opinion so i think that you have to state the opinion with facts in order to be like hey if you don't like it tough you know what like i'm just stating the facts here and if you don't like the facts you don't like them but right now like it really can go either way what if we find out like disturbing behavior about these dancers and Lizzo had to fire them. And so they're backlashing by like, yeah, let's hit her really hard. Let's get her out of business. I don't know. I, I kind of, well, it, like I had said to Beyonce has her name in one of her songs. She cut her out of one of her performances. I think Beyonce knows something. She probably, she didn't do that just because it's like, well, oh, I, I looked at TMZ TMZ has to be right. I'm sure she had her people do complete research and said, is this true? And they're like, oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, but Beyonce is always covering Beyonce. So there's that. It could be. Yeah, she's uh, she always protects her own, own brand before anything else. But, you know, my whole thing, like, with, with Lizzo, again, I think she's got a great voice and everything. But it, it's... If you want to, if she wants to look the way she wants to look, that's fine. If she thinks she's beautiful, that's fine. But she can't tell everyone that you have to say that I'm beautiful. You know, you have to see me and see that I'm beautiful. And if you're not, it's because you're a fat phobic or you're body shaming because fat is beautiful. It's like, look, you can be whoever you want, but don't push kids into going into that lifestyle. You know, saying that it's okay to be 50 pounds overweight or hundred pounds overweight because it's, it's not okay. You know or what? Well, yeah. And your underlining is what you're saying is don't, don't ha have children be forced to speak a truth that really isn't theirs. And it's not like you're going to like, again, in the real world, not especially in school, kids are not going to be accepted if they decide to like, Oh, well, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I'm going to get super fat because Lizzo says it's okay. And then I'm beautiful. They're still going to get bullied on the schoolyard. You know, it's, I mean, bullying is wrong too, but it's like, you just got to use your heads. I mean, I, I mean, like, I looked at Stallone most of my life and like, I want to look like him. I know he used steroids, you know? I mean, I don't have like a, I want to get as close as I can 
to looking like him. He's my inspiration, but I don't want to go that route where he's where I'm taking steroids. I don't do that. But right. I, but I, he he gives me incentive to work out, inspiration, and you know I just think it's wrong for her to push all this body positivity without explaining what the end results could be. You know. Um, and you know, and again, just like again, like try, like like I said, like the emperor's new clothes, with a herd mentality. All of a sudden, they're like, "Well, fat is beautiful." You have to say fat is beautiful. She needs to be on the cover of Glamour and Sports Illustrated with no clothes on because she's so damn beautiful. No, she's not. She's not. I don't want to see it. I ain't buying any of those issues because she's not beautiful. You know. I mean, if that's all I have to say. I guess. Let's see. Her, Zendaya. Who was the other one? Glenn Paltrow. Who else you want to beat up my, on tonight? My blood pressure is getting a little too high tonight. Um, <laughs> anyway, I guess that's it. <laughs> Let's wrap this one up. Fedra, I think we've upset him enough. <laughs> he has to calm down now. Yep. And I, think off I, to bed. My, I think I upset myself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's your night to get upset like I get worked up every so often. <laughs> Jack, can you tell everyone where they can find you? <laughs> you can always contact me at jackm at wdwnt.com. And Fedra? You can follow me on Instagram or be my friend on Facebook and email me at fedra at wnt.com. And just mention Nerd Alert. And if you want, you can email me at joe at wdwnt.com or send me a friend request on Facebook. And I'm also on the podcast, Rest of Junk, which we discuss the best movies in the 80s, sometimes not the best movies of the 80s. This week we're doing, or next week, we're doing The Abyss. Oh, lovely. That's actually a pretty good one. That's that a great a film. It is. It's a long one, though. We're doing a director's cut. It's three hours. That is that is a long movie, the director well, cut. It does uh, add some cool stuff, though. It does, you know. But uh, I have to work myself into watching it, like like Oppenheimer. You know, a three-hour movie. Uh, I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna have to watch it in pieces. I'm getting old. <laughs> uh, also, check out WDW News Today, Disneyland News Today, as well as Universal Parks News Today for all your Disney Universal news. And finally, if you like our show and enjoy other WDWNT podcasts, and would like to become a Patreon supporter, please visit the WDWNT Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash WDWNT. So with that, this will be the end of WDWNT. Nerd Alert Season 9, Episode number 29. So until next time, see y'all. Good night, all, and be good to each other. Good night, everyone. <laughs>